0: It's hard for me to forget the times when I drank as a child, even though I actually remember very little from it. I was allowed to drink from a really young age and I never knew how abnormal that was. I grew up with a, my mom was a drug addict and she wasn't an alcoholic. I never really knew her to drink that often, but she was quick to allow me to drink. I think she played it off as her wanting to be the cool mom and when I was younger she was like the cool mom everyone wanted to come over because they knew my mom would buy us wine coolers and four locos and you know those kind of little those drinks you know um the ones that are like pre-made I can't remember the names of the wine coolers we would buy they were in like little glass like little glass bottle Smirnoffs. so those what they're called I don't know um, but as I got older, it went from her being the cool mom to, you know, their parents finding out and then, you know, no one being allowed over at my house. And I still continued to drink because I was allowed to. And this escalated into me trying other things, trying drugs as I got older and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it took me a while to realize I was never drinking because I enjoyed drinking. I was simply drinking to numb myself and alcohol is great at numbing yourself and I don't think alcohol is like this big bad thing but I also understand why for some people it's not something that they want to mess with I no longer drink I may I don't call myself sober but I maybe have one drink a year and it's actually not because I I don't even know if I'm like afraid if I have issues with it or not I just realized I personally don't like how I feel When I drink, I'm. I guess I'll go a little into my drinking journey. Um, I just get nervous to talk about this stuff. It's just such a different version of who I am. It's crazy to think of how much my life has changed. I like, I don't, it's just weird, right? How much you can heal and grow and change, and you can look back on things that haunted you so much and be like, wow, wait, I actually got through that one of those things that I cried myself to sleep over and thought I'd never get through. It's like, wait, here I am, and I got through it. And that's something I am really proud of, honestly. I am proud when I think about that now. Um, but let's start from the beginning. When I was younger, we moved into these apartments when I when my mom was, when it was just me and her, before she had um, either of my brothers. It was just me and my mom, and our next-door neighbor, her name was Rachel, Rachel and my mom became best friends, and they were friends for quite a while, and Rachel had a daughter named Melissa, and Melissa quickly became one of my best friends. We were, like, almost the exact same age. We might have been the same age. We were really young when we first met, but um, my mom and Melissa's mom, Rachel, would stay up really late and play card games and computer games, and when I was younger, I thought they were just, like, you know, having fun. Looking back now, I that was probably when my mom first started getting into drugs because it wasn't like staying up till midnight 1am. It was like, they would stay up till eight or nine in the morning. Sometimes they would, I don't even know if they actually ever went to sleep. Eventually they would just like lock whenever, like they would do like these secretive things. Like I didn't know what it was and there'd be times when they'd be like wide awake and I remember their eyes would be so scary and so wide. Um, and just like, you know, just different looking and they'd be up in all hours of the night. And then eventually we me and melissa would try and stay up too i had a horrible sleep schedule back then i used to always remember like my least favorite thing about hanging out with them is that i remember like i'd sleep the whole day but i'd wake up and then my mom would still be awake and so would rachel so looking back i actually don't even know if they slept i don't know if it just kept them awake the whole time or if they eventually crashed um but i know whenever they were doing whatever they were doing they would lock themselves in the room we weren't allowed to go upstairs where they were we had to stay downstairs um And to preoccupy us, they would let us have our own little party, as they would call it. They would buy us things like Four Locos and things like that, and lots of sweets and junk food and pizza to occupy us because it kept us out of their hair. We thought we were doing cool stuff. And I have photos of me from one of the first times I ever drank, and I I use it sometimes on my social media when I show like before and afters, and it's crazy seeing that photo because I remember I posted it on social media like it was nothing like I was so proud to show the world like oh I'm drinking a four loco at like 13 or 14 Um, and I look at that photo now and I'm like oh my gosh I can't believe I thought that was like super normal and I quickly learned how how easy it was to forget about what was going on with my mom upstairs when we weren't allowed to go up there and how she was acting really strange because of the fact I was drinking I think I did like the fact that when I was drinking there was no chance of me and my mom getting in a big fight and the fights always led to her screaming or like you know some kind of physical thing or just you know mean words being spewed at me and I think I really liked that it was easier for me to want to stay out of her hair if I was drinking it was easier for me to be able to hang out with like sometimes we'd have boys over or different people over and it was easier for me to loosen up and like not feel like a scared teenager, you know, when I had the alcohol in my system. And that's kind of how it went. I drank for quite a while and it led to me having, the majority of my friendships were, peop- uh, were people that would come over and we would drink or we would get really drunk and we'd go to the bowling alley or the skating rink and we'd be drunk there. Um, when I was around 14 or 15, maybe 16, I started getting into certain drugs. I'm not going to say the names of the drugs, Um but I did start experimenting with different drugs and we would take these certain things that would give us like an out of body experience where we just felt, I don't know, like really, I don't want to say loopy is the right word. I don't really know words to describe getting high. You know, it's just, I was so young. I wasn't like I was doing something like understanding it. I just simply, you know, wanted to numb myself. And I, I think I liked the experience The I like the feeling of being I don't want to say out of control, but almost like out of control, but numb to the world and just kind of free. And I actually remember being at the bowling alley once when we were on these certain drugs and someone who it was, like, an old babysitter of mine who had, like, babysat me when I was young and, like, was really, really great. She was, like, a, um, a basketball star at our school. She, like, went to college for basketball and, you know, was living, like, a great life and knew me, like, kind of before my mom started, like, the drugs and alcohol kind of thing. Because, when, when, you know, it wasn't always like that. At first, my mom was just a young, a young single mother. Who liked to, you know, go out and party like most people at the age of 21, 22 when she was young. And I think it just escalated as she got older because she she numbed herself through drugs. And then I numbed myself because of the her drugs through my alcohol and eventually with my drugs. Um, and I remember I ran into this babysitter at the bowling alley and she was so disappointed. I remember her saying like... You were such a sweet little girl, and I had high hopes for you, and I was so excited to watch you get out of this town, and I remember being so angry at her, thinking, like, who the F does she think she is? Like, she doesn't know my life, and, you know, obviously, I was projecting, because I probably knew she was right, but that just led me down, you know, wanting to numb even more, because growing up, I was always the disappointment to my mom. I was always the, I hate you, child, the, you're the reason I have this, you're the reason we, that this happened to me, and I always kind of felt just like a big burden to everyone around me and I think because of that I constantly was afraid of every word I said every move I made I always felt kind of like the outcast with my friends I and I think it's because there's always been something within me and I'm not saying that they didn't have that too I don't know I just simply don't but there's been always been something in me that didn't want the life that I was living like there's always been and maybe m- most people have that they just don't know how to chase it which I hope I can teach people to chase that but even when I was younger, like I knew I didn't it's like even though I was drinking, like I knew I didn't want to be feeling that way. Does that make sense at all? Like I knew I didn't want to feel out of control. I didn't I knew I didn't want to feel numb. I knew I didn't want to feel all the anger and the fighting with my mom, but I also drank and did these drugs because I didn't have a choice but to feel that way when I was young. Like, I didn't have a choice but to be in the environment I was in, and it was a really confusing and I think it's like I drank because I didn't because it made it easier for me not to cry I didn't want to like do drugs and then go to parties and like like dance with people does that make sense so I think I always felt kind of like the outcast because when I wanted to drink and do do drugs it wasn't like I wanted to drink and go to a bar obviously I was young not old enough to go to a bar but I'm just trying to give an analogy like at this age I think it's so normal to want to go to a bar with friends and like drink and dance or like I know people that smoke weed and they just want to like relax and they like all eat snacks and laugh and that kind of stuff like it was never like that for me I never had the feeling of oh I want to go sit with a glass of wine and, like, gossip with my girls, you know. I wanted to drink and then do drugs that made me want to lay on the couch and just, like, zone out for hours. That's what I wanted. And I think that's the basis of why it was so bad for me to be on these substances because – I, I do feel like people can drink and stuff in a healthy way when they, when they know it's healthy for them. I'm not someone who's here to shame other people's choices just because I don't drink, um, or do, I don't do any drugs or anything like that now except for like my prescribed <laughs> antidepressants. <laughs> um, but I, am not someone who judges, you know, because I realize everyone's experience is just so different. And anyway, so as I got older, there was a time when I stopped, when I was around 16, 17, um, had gotten in trouble for stealing I was put on probation this is a long story I think I have a podcast on this if not I can do another one let me know if you'd want that you could like let me know on Instagram or something if you'd like you know the tea on what, what me being on probation and everything but I switch schools i was basically like kind of forced to switch schools um we had like lost our house recently too and i had like was kind of like lashing out and my mom moved in we moved in with one of her boyfriends and his dad cuz her, her boyfriend was really young um that's a whole other story but it just layers upon layers of what i was going through and when i switched schools i remember i kind of wanted to just I don't know. I wanted to be different. I wanted to make a different type of friend group. I wanted to make friends who didn't know that my mom was like the, you know, the party parent that wasn't like the one that would give us, you know, drinks and stuff. And so I tried to change that narrative and I actually luckily did that for pretty much all of the rest of my high school. I did have, I didn't have like my best experience in my new high school. It wasn't like the worst. I, you know, struggled with like normal friend issues and things like that. And I, I also didn't really know how to handle normal friendship so that led to some issues with me and other friends like I didn't know how to handle conflict because I was used to you know I was raised in a house where we handled conflict by getting as angry as possible and saying things you didn't mean but just trying to hurt the other person as much as possible even if you didn't actually feel that way you just felt it in the moment and when I went to high school I like that's when even though when I had these new friends sorry this is a little tangent I didn't have like a horrible time in high school it's just I didn't couldn't really keep a group of friends because I didn't know how to handle normal conflict like someone would get mad at me for something silly like you know friends gossip and things like that and or like maybe I talked to a boy someone else liked and I never knew how to just have a conversation I would always lash out and then it'd be like they were kind of afraid to hang out with me or their parents would be like nope she's a bad influence yada yada but Even though that happened, I just felt like overall my high school experience, like the last two, three years, I think it was like the last two years of my high school at the new school, I sort of changed what I was interested in and I allowed myself to just become more of who I wanted to be, even though I still had these survival instincts of like the ways I was taught to, like I said, my lack of communication skills, quick to anger, things like that. But I started to realize like I love to read. So in high school, I became someone who always had my nose in a book. I love to escape reality and almost used books as my new escape versus alcohol and drugs. And I'm honestly really grateful for that because reading is actually still one of my favorite pastimes. I, it is currently February, February 20th when I'm, um, uh, recording this. And I don't think people realize how much I read. Noah always talks about like, he didn't, doesn't know people that read this much. If you read this much, then maybe we're the same. I have already read 10 books in 2023 and it's February 20th. And this isn't like some like, Oh, look at me. I read so fast. Like brag. Um, I don't read very fast. It's just simply that when I'm sitting doing nothing, like I don't scroll as much. I don't like watch as many shows. I do watch TV. I I like a good, you know, Netflix binge too, but my pastime, like when my friends are going out and stuff, I'm always like, oh, I'm okay. I'm going to stay home and read my book. Um, But I'm honestly so grateful because I think it's become a really healthy escape for me. And so through high school, that's kind of how I was. And then when I got out of high school, towards the end of high school I did have like my biggest friend fall out because and I really take a lot of blame for that it's one of those things where we've all made up and talked about it since then and we're not friends but it's just we realized we were young and you know they hurt they now know what my life story is and so they apologized but I also know that I was very toxic back then but because of that um, I left high school early and I moved in with a boyfriend at a really young age who was a little older than me and he was old enough to drink so like to buy alcohol and everything and because of that it started me back on a path of drinking again so at around 18 years old 17 18 I got back into drinking and that's when it probably was the worst like I I think at you know around 18 you start to really especially because I had moved out of my mom's home and I was no longer around her it started to really set into me like set into my soul what I had been through I started to really understand oh I think I went through some trauma. Oh, I went through some abuse at home. And maybe I didn't know the terms for it. I don't think I really knew. I don't think I really ever said the word, oh, I was abused until I was like 22 or 23. But I think it started to, I started to notice like, oh, some of the things I went through, they weren't so normal. And I think it started to weigh on me quite a bit when you're, when you separate from a situation that's really toxic, once you leave it, it's it's a little bit easier to start understanding and start seeing it for what it is. And once I moved out of my mom's house, I think I really started to see it for what it was. And it really started to weigh on me. Like all the things, not only that my mom had, had been through with her, but also the things I put myself through, you know, also the fact that I had a uh, trigger warning. I, you know, lost my virginity to rape. And I think those things just started to catch up to me. And, I realized that, you know, I was watching all of my friends graduate from high school. I still did get um, my diploma. I just didn't finish like the last semester, but I had enough credits where there was like two different types. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, please message me on Instagram because I always try and explain this and I don't know what it's called, but when I went to my school counselor a semester before school was over and I was like, Hey, I'm I'm dropping out. She was like, You have enough credits for a certain type of diploma, but not for like a c- other certain type of diploma. Like there's two different types. I think one of them required that you took you had taken the A C T and the other one required you had taken the SAT, but I had not taken the SAT. So because of that I couldn't get that diploma, but I could get the other one. And I don't know what the difference is, but th- I think that's why I couldn't go to like a regular college at first but I did go to a, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about please let me know and then I'll update you guys if anyone <laughs> I could just google it but <laughs> I always forget about it but I just know I was able to leave with a certain type of diploma so I did get a diploma um but gosh I got sidetracked uh, what was I just saying why did I mention that oh okay so I think because I was watching everyone else like you know fully graduate from high school they were g- going into college and they were they knew what they wanted to do. They knew all the stuff. Because I actually did. I don't, I don't know if I've mentioned this or not. I And I did with that diploma, even though I took all that time off from high school, I did end up enrolling into a college. And I went, I moved into a dorm. I moved out of the apartment. I moved out of the apartment after that summer that I was living in with that boyfriend. I moved into a college dorm. And I think I had went through this, like moment of seeing everyone else get ready for their life thinking like oh wait I really want this too and then I think when I was alone in a dorm with like a roommate like a dorm mate I guess is what it's called and going into like a whole new school where everyone was so different I think my is it your ego or like my shadow whatever they call it came in and was like nope this is too different this is too healthy for you Like you don't you don't know how to do this let's take you out of it and I actually do say that one semester that I was in college it was really g- great for me. I started, you know, making a few friends. I didn't make a ton of friends, but I made a few friends, really good friends, honestly, that I still keep up with. I, you know, I, I thought all every single boy was cute. I was boy crazy. Like, I would sit and, you know, make music videos with my friends in our dorm room. And, you know, I went to baseball games and basketball games. And I think it was really healthy. But I, but by the end of that semester, um, I, even though the boyfriend I had lived with, I had found out he was cheating on me with multiple girls, even though... I knew that and I found out he was also doing a lot of drugs back then. Um, I dropped out of college after one semester and that breaks my heart sometimes because I I don't regret where I'm at. You know, obviously where I'm at now, I'm so happy with, but it is also so interesting to me to think like it was a great time. I was really enjoying college, actually. When people would ask me, I was like, no, I really liked it. It's just, especially because it was so different for me. But I don't think my nervous system <laughs> knew how... I was probably still in, like, fight-or-flight mode, you know? And I was definitely in flight mode, where whenever when and whenever anything got uncomfortable, my thing was flight. My thing was to run. I mean, think about it. I... Constantly moved. I still do. I still feel like struggled with that for a while. Always wanting to move. If I had any conflict or like you know thinking I need to change everything about myself. If any bad conflict or was arising arose. Let's pretend I knew know if it's a rise or a rose. I don't know, but. When I left college after a semester and I moved back in with him, I think that's when I really started to watch everyone else's life kind of start to get better. You know, they're learning what they want to do with their lives, like their passions. They're going to college, and I think I also really did regret dropping out so quickly, especially from college. Not necessarily from high school. It's kind of I was kind of glad when I did that. I didn't I didn't love high school, but I think I just kind of still had that regret, like, oh, why did I do this? You know, it's too late now. I already I already dropped out, and. That, caught, that led me to drink a lot more. That led me to party a lot more. Um, it put me in a lot of shitty situations. And... I realized like I was never, I just was never drinking because I wanted some like fun outcome. And I think the more and more I got into it, the more I realized I was simply just drinking to numb all the pain of the regret I had had all the pain of the trauma I had of the struggle I had, you know, from everything I'd been through, I was just simply trying to not feel it. But what was happening is I was in this cycle of having new chances to get out of these situations But then because I hadn't allowed myself to heal from the bad things I'd been through, I wasn't allowing myself to feel, and instead I kept numbing myself, I wasn't able to feel the other sides of things fully. I wasn't able to feel full happiness, and I wasn't able to go after new things in my life because I hadn't processed anything. and. I think I had to quit the alcohol for all of that to change. And I do talk about how I woke up one day and realized I wanted to change my life. You know, that's when I started a YouTube channel. I went back to school for photography. There's like, you know, that's a whole thing on my life. But I'm just going to focus on the alcohol today because it's one of the first things I did when I realized like, oh my gosh, I have to make a change is I did. I stopped drinking and I stopped doing the drugs. And I think it really helped. It sounds so shitty, but I think it helped because my boyfriend at the time did these things too. And I could see how much potential he had. But I could see that he was wasting it away because he was drinking and doing drugs 24-7. It was like we were always just trying to chase that numbness, you know, that feeling of not wanting to feel. And I think watching him, I just realized, oh my gosh, like he doesn't realize what he could be doing. This isn't like a normal amount of drinking. This isn't, you know, we tried to pretend it was so normal, but it, it wasn't. And I just kind of stopped drinking completely, I realized that we really are a product of our environment because when I went back to, I went to a different school, not like an actual college, or I guess it isn't a college, but I went to like a technical college and I went there for photography. And when I was in a new environment and I really like stuck to it this time and I was learning about YouTube and like just trying to better myself, I learned all about like, I watched like The Secret back then. I was doing all this different like personal development work it's crazy because I started to surround myself with new people and the people I surrounded myself made me feel like I wanted to be something different. I wanted to do something different when, when everyone around me wasn't constant. I'm now, again, obviously I was around people who were, you know, night by that age, I think it was actually like 2021, 20, probably like maybe 21 people I was around obviously did drink because everyone at 21 likes to go out and drink, but it was like normal drinking. They were going out to, you know, the bars in the town to get like a few drinks and like to hang out. But, it was different. It wasn't. It wasn't the same, and I think that was the first time I realized how much I didn't like to numb myself and how much better I felt. But unfortunately, cycles die hard. We often go through cycles and cycles and cycles of bad stuff. I will skip all of it. the, the, the long, you know, the long story short. Um, you know, I ended up moving on with my life, doing other things. But around the age of twenty three, when I moved to Ohio. I didn't know how to make friends. I didn't know all this stuff. So what did your girl do? She went back to the bars. And I think because I was now in a different state from my family and I was really, really separated from what I had went through and now I was getting older and I had actually admitted to myself, oh my gosh, I went through trauma. Oh my gosh, I went through abuse. I... Was starting to allow myself, I had been going through a few years where I started to allow myself to feel what I'd went through and just kind of process a little bit. But now that I was like 20, I think I was 23 when I moved to Ohio, I think. It was it was okay. This is kind of an interesting story. But when I moved to Ohio, I didn't know how to make friends. So I decided, you know, what, I'm going to go back to the bars. I'm going to drink again. And I quickly got right back into that scene. And I was hanging out with people who knew how to have one or two drinks and like, you know, be normal. But I was drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking and blacking out and then waking up and being like, where am I? And then feeling sick all night, all that day and then doing it again. And plot twist, I found out last year, I'm allergic to beer. So I would always wonder why when I would drink, I would actually black out quite easily. I have so many scary stories. I guess I could talk about those real quick. Yeah, I'll tell you some of those. Like there are so many times I remember when I went out to drink when I was like 21 on Halloween night I threw up on everyone like I would drink so much that I was like the girl that was like throwing up on the floor like I remember in the middle of the bar my friend was trying to lead me to the bathroom I just threw up all over this group of guys shoes and I was dressed up as a clown so I took my clown tie off little bow tie off in my costume and I wiped my mouth with it but like it's <laughs> so gross like I have stories of when we're like they're taking me home in an uber and I'm like I'm gonna throw up like so many of these stories like it was not cute where they'd have to open the uber door and hold me so I don't fall out and I'm just throwing up on the street just watching my throw up as we drive all the time um there were a few times where I don't know how I got home uh when I was living in Avalon like I don't I didn't really know how I got home at all and there were times when let me think what else there was one time when I was my friends were, I was with some shitty friends sometimes, um, where they were out dancing and I was so sick. Cause I, I always drank to the limit. Like I drank as much as I could. I don't, I don't know why I thought I had to do that. And I was out on the curb and I remember some guy trying to grab me. And then the, like a bartender or security or someone came out and was like, get your hands off of her. And he like took my phone and asked me if I could call someone. And he used my phone and he called someone from Avalon from their concierge and they had to come pick me up and tuck me into bed. And then like roll me over so I didn't like you know vomit on myself because if you know if you like I think it's like if you throw up when you're like laying a certain way basically you can like choke on your vomit so someone from concierge basically slept on my couch to make sure I didn't like harm myself you know kept up a, a bucket next to me the whole time when I was sleeping and I didn't like that I didn't like having to be the person that everyone had to take care of and the person that was known for blacking out and always being sick and And I always felt horrible. It wasn't like I woke up the next day just feeling hungover. I felt hungover and also just felt like crap. It's like the moment that soberness came over me, all I felt was sadness and anger about my life. Even, like, that's the thing. That's why when people ask me about Avalon, sometimes I don't talk about it too much because, yes, I did win a free apartment and it shows that winning money will not change everything because I know, I talk about this all the time, about how I won Avalon and it did change my life. But something I don't talk about is the fact that I was still numbing myself. I still didn't know how to make friends in a healthy way. I still didn't know how to, and the reason I felt like I had to be so blackout drunk with people, I think is because I didn't know, know who I was because all I knew is if people asked anything about me, it wasn't gonna be a positive story. You know, it wasn't fun to, to realize, like if people, like, oh, how was your childhood? Anything like that, I didn't wanna talk about because it would instantly flood me with all these memories that were so horrific that I hadn't really understood yet. And so it's like every time I was sober, I was just like hit in the face with all of these horrible feelings and horrible emotions I didn't know how to process and I didn't want to process um so anyways the whole point is because I know the timeline's a little confusing and I think because it's been so long I start to sort of like blank on the exact dates but basically I went through cycles of drinking not drinking drinking not drinking and then when I moved to Ohio I got back into drinking I was drinking a lot going out a lot and you know that is when I met Noah People, people always ask, how'd you meet Noah? It's not a, it's not a meet cute. It's not a cute story. I met Noah when we were out drinking. I went to a party at his like college, uh, house thing he was living in and I got extremely drunk. I drank six shots of whiskey. I think is what it was. Six shots of something. If he was here, I'd ask him. It's a certain type of alcohol. Um, six shots, six shots. And Noah said six shots of those would have put him on his ass but it's because I was nervous and I was uncomfortable and I don't freaking know. I wish I had the answer. Um, six shots. And by the end, all I remember is him and his friend having to carry me. Like they had my arm over their shoulder. They took me to a donut pl- place. And I remember people saying things like, is she going to be okay, dude? Like, is she all right? Like probably worried for my safety. Cause I'm with these two like fratty guys. And honestly, I'm so lucky that Noah is the guy that he is because I could have been extremely unsafe. That's the thing is I put myself, it wasn't just, I was blacking out to numb myself. It's like the, the things I, I was putting myself in horrible situations there are so many times I took ubers home that I don't remember the uber I got in and I think about there's so many such you hear so many stories of people you know getting in the wrong uber and it being the worst case scenario getting too drunk and someone takes them home it's like that is so scary that I could have put myself in one of those situations and I got really lucky that nothing happened but either way I got really drunk with the first night I met Noah and he Took me. We went to this, like, like I said, the donut shop, and everyone was like, "Is she okay?" And he like tried to like, get me some food, and he basically didn't know how to get me home because I couldn't talk. He talked about how I was so drunk, that, like he couldn't really understand anything I was saying, and he was so worried. Um, but he took me back to his apartment, and he put me in his bed. He slept on the couch. He like laid me down in his bed, um, and he put like a trash can next to me, um, or did he put me on the couch and him in his bed? I don't remember. That's how bad. I don't remember if I slept on the couch or the bed. Basically, by the way, Noah's room was like it was like a bed on the floor. He didn't even have it was just a mattress on the floor. Um and then right next to it he had like a a black leather mini sofa that turned into a futon. So I'm not sure which one I was on. It's been quite a while. The more I think about it, the more I feel like I might have been on the couch. Either way, all I'm saying is Noah was a gentleman and he laid me on the, a different sleeping area than he was in he put um like a a bottle of water next to me in a trash can. Um, And that night I had been like throwing up and he had like brought me a hair tie and it was just super nice and trying to like take care of me and I remember throwing up in his bathroom feeling so mortified that I'm like throwing up in a stranger's bathroom and I knew that I was like so inebriated that I didn't even know how I would get home. Like I couldn't even think of my address at the time. Um, That next morning I woke up and Noah took me to get pancakes. We went and got pancakes and I think that is when it hit me. I was sitting across from him and I remember thinking like I... I can't do this anymore. I can't. I can't be here. I can't do this kind of stuff. Um, and I don't talk about Noah and I's story a lot because of this, because there was almost a time where we didn't date because I realized I didn't know much about him and I didn't know if he was someone who would be drinking to the level I had been, and he ended up not being. Um, he he just went out like a normal, you know, college age student. Um, and I told him soon after I was like, you know, that was not me. Like it's it is me, but it's not me, and it's not who I want to be. And I remember crying to him and saying, I just don't want to. I can't. I can't drink anymore. I hate the person I am when I drink. I don't like drinking. I don't like the taste of alcohol. Like I have to get drunk so I can drink. I have I would have to do shots so that I could drink regular drinks because I hated the taste of all alcohol and I always have. And that was how I stopped. I stopped drinking and I I hadn't done drugs since I was probably it'd been a while since I'd done drugs, but and I I didn't drink anymore and now here I am now and I think people Sometimes we'll feel confused when I'll go because I like to still go out with my friends. I like to go out and you know go to places where people get drinks. And I've just realized it's okay if I order a mocktail or a soda and they order a drink because I know that I don't know how I'll act if I start drinking again. Now again, do I have the occasional glass of wine? Yes. Can I have the occasional drink? Yes. I realize that I can, but I've also just owned up to the fact that I never enjoyed the taste of alcohol. And I think it might be because of all of the memories I had from it. You know, once I stopped drinking, that was when I really had to like do a lot of my healing. I had to realize I was treating myself like crap. And not just from the amount of alcohol I was alcohol I was drinking, but just the fact that I I had a lot of healing to do. That's when I started really working on myself the most. You know, every time I had taken a break from drinking, that's when I was working on myself. That's when I got the most into therapy. That's when I got the best with my career. And look at where I'm at now. Like I'm looking out at my New York City skyline view and I'm so fucking grateful, sorry for my language, for this life I have. And I realize I'm getting emotional. Like I had to feel those things to be here. I had to feel the shit that I went through to be here. Because I would have, if I, and that's the thing is I wanted to drink because it numbed the sad times, it numbed the pain, but I had to feel the pain. I had to feel the pain to let it out or it was just going to stay there. You know, it's like a, a shaken up bottle of soda. Like if you keep shaking it every time I was drinking and not letting it out, the moment I stopped, it's like it was ready to spew. And I think eventually I just realized that I had to spend some time feeling my emotions, being angry, being sad and it, it's come in waves like there's been so many times when I felt a lot of depression I felt a lot of anxiety and I was diagnosed with depression basically depression anxiety and PTSD but basically it's all stemming I think I've talked about this a few times it all kind of stems from the PTSD and, and it makes sense that's why I was drinking I literally had po- I, I still have complex post-traumatic stress disorder and a lot of people cope with drinking it wasn't that I couldn't handle my I mean I also couldn't handle my alcohol it's simply that I was coping I was coping with my mental illness and my trauma with drugs and alcohol. And that is literally what I watched my mom do. I watched my mom end... Her her life is over. My mom passed away. Like, I watched her not be able to take care of her children or ever see her potential or ever meet the love of her life or, you know, so many things. She didn't even get to watch me get married because she couldn't stop with the drugs and alcohol. And I know... I know it's probably, probably because she knew if she stopped, she would have to look at herself in the mirror and own up to her trauma, to her anger, to her sadness. And it's like, the more you avoid that, the more it just piles on because the decisions I was making when I was drinking like that, that heavily were horrible decisions. So it was just leading to more and more and more that I was going to have to cope with. So the moment I, I guess the word is basically sober, like sober curious or 99% sober is the moment that I was able to heal. It was the moment I was able to feel what I had to feel and let it out and come to terms with who I wanted to be and figure out who I was. And I'm really freaking grateful that I did because I have no interest, honestly, in drinking really. Like I, I like to go out. I like to be social sometimes. I'm more of an introvert, but I... You know, I I don't know. And I've also become someone who's confident enough where I can go somewhere and say no. I think that was also why I was stuck in that cycle. Is sometimes I would stop drinking and I would start to feel, you know, I'd go through those feelings and those emotions and then I'd go hang out with people and I would feel embarrassed if someone w- would offer me a drink if I'd say no. If They'd be like, oh, come on, have a drink, loosen up. Um, but luckily, I feel like now in 2023, it doesn't really seem like that's as big of a thing. It seems like the newer generation or like just everyone in general is becoming more like sober curious, and also not just sober curious, but sober conscious, where they're conscious that there are other people who, who can't drink, who don't want to drink, and they aren't you know, attacking someone for their personal choices, which I think is incredible. I think everyone should be allowed to make their own decisions. I think the person that's drinking should not force someone else to drink. I think the person that's sober should not shame, shame someone else for drinking. It's one of those things where everyone's life is so different. Everyone's decisions are so different. How we feel is so different. And you just have to do what's right for you. But I will say, if you are someone that knows that you drink to numb you drink to not feel you drink because it makes you not have fun but makes it where the depression goes away for a little bit like i actually do encourage you to allow yourself to sit with those feelings sometimes and ask yourself like is this something that needs to come to the surface is this something i need to deal with because if if you don't deal with your issues they're going to come out they're going to deal with you eventually they're going to come out they're going to force their way out and it's a lot less fun that way. I promise you, it's not fun either way. But you know, it's 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 just harder. And if you are someone who's been trying, who's been considering, like you know, cutting out alcohol or drugs or anything like that, and you've been trying to lessen those kind of things, um, don't be afraid to mess around with some mocktails. You know, don't be afraid to. You don't ha- even if if you're in a place where you don't feel confident in your choice with it either. It's also okay to. You don't have to tell everyone. When I first went through all of that, I remember I would order what would I order? Sometimes I would just order a soda, but there's a certain like mocktails I would get. And I didn't even tell people all the time that they were mocktails. Like if I was self-conscious, the person, people I was with were going to make me feel bad, which also was a sign that they weren't good friends. But if I was nervous about that in the moment, I would just like not even bring up what I was drinking. Most people didn't care. They didn't ask. And it's just, it's just, it's okay. You know, it's okay if you don't want to drink. It's okay if you feel uncomfortable drinking. It's okay if you hate drinking. It's okay if you hate the taste of alcohol like I do. I've realized, like, I just don't like the taste of it. And I wonder if it's just because it reminds me of all those bad memories now and all those times. But either way, I just, I'm, I love my coffee. I love waking up and drinking coffee in the morning. I love myself a midday matcha, a Thai tea with boba, (laughs) you know. So, to each their own is what I'm saying. But, um yeah this is your reminder to lead with love if you know someone who is struggling with alcohol if you know someone who doesn't want to drink lead with love because you may not understand why they don't want to just have the drink and you know I don't know let's just be kinder to one another and that is my story of basically why I don't drink and I wish I had some inspirational tips for you right now but I don't for this. (laughs) This is just a story of mine and thank you for always being here and for taking the time to listen and I hope wherever you're at on your journey um, that you are doing okay and I support you no matter what. I love you and I will talk to you all in the next episode. Bye!